The City of Lakeland strives to provide transparency for our residents with the goal of having an informed and engaged citizenry. Views shared by those interviewed are not necessarily the views and beliefs of the City of Lakeland as a government entity. Hello, I'm Julie Townsend. I'm the Executive Director of the Lakeland Downtown Development Authority. And um, we're going to be talking today about downtown development and just down development in general in the city of Lakeland. And I am here with Jason Willie. That's right. <laughs> uh, I work with the city of Lakeland. I'm the business development manager for the city. So I have an opportunity to work with Julie quite a bit on new projects, things that are coming downtown, activities, growth, development. So as she said, we're here to just talk a little bit about some of the activity and current projects and things that we see for the future downtown. Yeah, so it's a it's kind of fun. It's just the two of us having a conversation with uh, a whole bunch of people listening that we don't know. So, <laughs> all right, this this will be fun. So, um, you know, since I'm the downtown person and that's kind of my wheelhouse, and not that I don't care about the rest of the city, of course, but you know, that's my focal point. Um, we've seen a lot of development in downtown in the last couple of years and i know we probably have seven or eight active projects or projects to be that will be happening in 2019 so how do you see that affecting downtown as a as a district so lakeland there's definitely a lot of interest right now and and though i work citywide and, and even utility-wide downtown we have so many projects that are coming it's exciting to see um the potential for cranes, the potential for a lot of construction and growing pains that we haven't seen in some time. And, and really, if we look at the projects that are coming this year, it hits all parameters. You know, we, we've got entertainment, we've got hotel, we've got food, we've got office, you know, so many different uh, resources. So if you want to start, maybe we can pick a couple apart. Or yeah. Let's start. Um, on the way here, I drove by the RP Funding Center. I see them pouring a slab on a new hotel. Right, and so that's really, you know, with all of the renovations that they've done with their meeting spaces, another hotel was just absolutely necessary in order to really get those conventions to, to look at Lakeland as a viable option. So what, what, do, what do they and what do you think that really does, the hotel does for for that for those opportunities so uh, another quality hotel so i think it's a spring hill suites that's coming probably 130 rooms five or six stories right there on campus is going to add to the convention potential really the quality of events that we're able to attract so many people are interested in lakeland but a lot of the events that come here they don't want to put people off site right. so having another facility where we can put a lot of new heads and beds the, there'll be a little bit of food service, a little bit of bar service. There'll be other things associated with this hotel in addition to some meeting and breakout space. I think it'll lend itself to a, a, a new generation of activity and convention activity at the center. Yeah, that's, that's, I'm very excited. It was a beautiful tour, and um, I hope everyone will go and check it out, even if you don't have a reason to go to the center for an, an event or activity, just walk up and down the hallways and just check it out, because it's really an amazing space, an amazing renovation job that they've done there. And so moving kind of back towards downtown, we've got a new office building, hopefully, but definitely a garage, but hopefully an office and garage going in in the, the core of, this, of downtown. Yeah, parking is a big story. It's been a big story downtown um, for quite some time. And so we're finally at a position where we have a, a private group that, that the city is partnering with that we're going to build or the developer is going to build about an 800, 825 space garage. So 
that's significant. Mm-hmm. That, that's a big deal. Um, it's going to be on the heritage lot, but associated with that multi-story garage, there's the opportunity for another maybe 30 or 40,000 square foot office building. So today, if the building's built, it's probably being built as maybe a spec building. Um, that's interesting for our market. We don't see a lot of spec buildings in office. We see them all up and down I-4. We see these big giant warehouses right. come as spec buildings because we're attracting so much e-commerce because of our geographical location. But office is a different kind of animal downtown. Right. And it attracts certain users. There's higher rates. There's a lot of financial commitment to doing that. So I think it bodes well for the market if we see a developer want to go that route and, and really believe in downtown that if they build that space that it'll get occupied. Yeah, and the thing about downtown office space that I think maybe is missing on the general public, but I don't think it's certainly missing on, on the companies, especially more and more these days with the, the younger folks that are in the job market not wanting to necessarily have cars or, or willing to, to forego a car if, if it's feasibly possible, um, that it's a different experience. I mean, you, you walk out of your office building and you are on the hustle bustle of, of a city street. You know, we're so, certainly not New York City, but anytime you walk down the street, you're going to run into somebody that you know, either personally or professionally, and deals, you know, deals happen and just, you just, just the interaction is always good. And you're within walking distance of so many restaurants and just things to do. And even, you know, a lunch break or even a mid-morning break, that's a different experience for the employee than out in some strip center down in the middle of nowhere where the only thing around them, they'd have to get in their cars and drive away from their office. So that that helps with I think employee retention, I think people like that experience of being in a downtown and feeling like, because you spend most of your time at your job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you can step out of that office and feel like you're in the world rather than in some cow pasture somewhere, then I think it makes you a better worker. And so I think we try to sell that. I mean, I think any downtown does, but I certainly think we do. Absolutely. And and I think that's that's a great point. And it's something completely different in the the economic development world that I live in. And years ago, when organizations would look to locate um, geographically in different spaces, it was just the bottom line. It was about dollars. Yeah. And, and so there's such a change in the the group of workforce, the entrepreneurs, just so many aspects that are there that we're now seeing organizations that really want satisfied, engaged employees they want them to be happy. They mm-hmm. want them to go out. They want them to be a part of the community. So that's kind of exciting for all of us. And I think it's the big picture stuff that a fun downtown, easy to get to location with a lot of resources and amenities that are walkable, it promotes better talent, better retention, all of those things that we're trying to do to attract a different workforce. Right. Well, and you know, parking is is we had a we had a talk about parking. We won't talk about parking <laughs> too terribly much, but that is my one of the things that it's uh, my daily activities is dealing with parking. But this garage, getting back to the garage, it's mostly going to be, if not ninety five percent, it's going to be employee parking. This is not. I don't want the public to think we're going to have eight hundred new customer spaces because we're not. No, it's it's. It goes back into the growth of that office market. And so we have some of our larger office users downtown that have needs as they've expanded their footprint in their existing offices. 
um, and maybe added cubicle space or other things that you get a better bang for the buck, they have a need for more parking. And because there has been limitations on one specific location where I can put my entire workforce, many of these employers that are expanding have 20 spaces here and 40 spaces here. So their employees are kind of spread out. So the new garage will be a partnership with three other larger employers downtown. Each of them are getting percentages. The city is a partner in that and we will get a portion of spaces. And so there will be a, a designated portion of those spaces that will be geared towards the general public, our downtown shoppers, our diners, people that are coming for meetings and coming to visit and to do business. There will be more spaces available but not to mislead, it's not the whole 800. Right, and in the evenings, not, not all 800 are gonna be available either because those private users have evening hours and they want those levels secure for their businesses, but the city spaces, just like the Main Street Garage, could potentially be open in Absolutely. the evening. So that really helps, because right now, you know, we know people are kinda sneaking into the Heritage Plaza a lot during the day, taking the chance that they're mm -hmm. gonna get towed, but at night, the owner, doesn't have any way to stop people from using it and people do use it at night so there'll still be probably the same number of spaces in the evening for public use and, and i think it may double so yes. we'll certainly yeah. have a a level and maybe two levels and so if we look at what that footprint is now you know ideally the goal would be to at least double that space so more and more people if they're willing to pull in and out of a garage we're right. going to have the availability to get them there yeah yeah well and speaking of employees and parking and all that that kind of leads me to you know, downtown residential. I mean, if you live downtown and we have more downtown residential, you might potentially just leave your car at home and walk to work. So that downtown residential not only helps uh, get more people living downtown and make it more of a 24-7 type area, but there is some potential good news for parking if we can get the right kinds of people to say, hey, I'll walk two blocks and leave my car at home. You know, the, the, the culture is changing here, and, and I think people – People get it. They, they're, they're starting to walk more and they're starting to bike more and they're start, starting to do business a little bit different. And there was a period, and it probably wasn't that long ago, you would know downtown that unless I could go and pull up directly in front of my business and park right there to go and get a haircut or get a sandwich or to go out for a drink or do whatever I was going to do, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to park two blocks away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just different. It, people recognize and appreciate the change and the growth in the variety of things that are going on downtown. So the better that spreads, the residential is certainly going to help with that. So we uh, anticipate that Mirrorton is coming. Uh, that's the, the larger 300-plus spaces behind the police station, and so mm -hmm. that's still slated to so start construction at some point in 2019, so mm -hmm. we're excited about that. Last I heard is they're still moving forward with, with hopefully a uh, March-April date start to, to get that underway. Mm -hmm. And so that'll be exciting. So that'll really yeah. kind of activate that north side of Lake Mirror. There's other opportunities that are more geared towards our citizens. There's less private business. There's less private events um, that are around Lake Mirror. The residential on the north side is going to lend itself to additional activity kind of spilling over into that area. Right. And, and, and so... I, something else I've noticed recently is there's a lot of people walking around like mirror in the evenings and you know I, sometimes I park along Lake Mirror because um, I don't have a dedicated parking space for two hours yes no no it's free it's free all day on the north side it okay. probably will change once <laughs> catapult and and those other businesses go in but right now word to the wise you can park on the north side of Lake Mirror 
and those are all day free spaces. See, now the word is out. I now. know. You are not I'm, I'm get not going to have tomorrow. a spot. Many employees, many of the part time type employees that are shift workers will park there and walk. I see folks from Harry's and Black and Brew and all those folks walking over. Even Nathan's Men's Store, they park over there because they don't have a 40 hour a week permit um, with their jobs. But lots of people I mean people that are doing it for exercise you've got people walking their dogs they're skating they're doing all kinds of things and that's that is a definite uptick uh, than it what had been in, in the past and I think to your point once you have all those residents living there I think we'll see even a larger increase of that so in the days where nobody went to Lake Mirror unless there was an event now we're seeing Lake Mirror is finally getting utilized by the general public on a daily basis, and everyone's enjoying it just for its sake mm -hmm. rather than it as a venue. And I think the interest of that lake, um, along with it being a venue, we look at Catapult back under construction today. Um, we'll hopefully be finished in the next 10, 11 months. We look at the potential for 100 or 120 entrepreneurs, young and old, different industries, different ideas, but the creativity of people that are using that space and the surrounding restaurants and activities, mm -hmm. um, it's going to promote foot traffic. It's going to promote just creativity and interest. Yeah. Um, so again, continue on, I guess, to the east, adjacent to the Amtrak building. Mm -hmm. So in between Amtrak and what was once the Lakeland Brewery, we've got another office, smaller office building that will be uh, owner-occupied but something that will be a, a beautiful, neat, creative-looking space mm -hmm. that will come up out of the ground here soon. It was going to be running parallel with Catapult. It's running a little bit behind, but mm -hmm. it should be under construction with the next couple months. And probably finish before Catapult because it's significantly smaller. Yes, I think the office <laughs> is only about 16,000 square feet, so yeah. a lot smaller. Well, and it's for so long, we've, we've waited for that activity to finally stretch to Lake Mirror. Mm -hmm. And so a year from now, if we're <clears throat> sitting down again in a year, I think we're going to have a, a pretty neat story to tell in terms of just the transformation in the concentration of activity that everyone thinks downtown is Munn Park and the four streets that hug it. Um, but downtown is all the way from RP Funding Center to all the way to bar the, the, the bypass over by Main Street and the um, cat, you know, Texas cattle. And so we're going to start seeing people's understanding of downtown's footprint to actually match what it is. Really growing. And, and I think maybe we'll touch on that as, as we as we finish a couple other topics, but we can talk about, you know, some of these, some of these master plans. There's been some pictures in the paper. There's been right. some, some news articles or some other things about talking about um, sporting event space at RP Funding Center, you know, the success of Swan Brewery, but then keep going east to the Lakeland Brewery building, the, the joinery that is mm -hmm. coming in that's soon to be, um, it's under construction now. But that idea of adding, you know, a, a small creative space that would add a handful of food entrepreneurs mm -hmm. some businesses still a little bit of the bar business it's going to promote so much foot traffic and diversity but as you said it just stretches downtown to such a limit of we're not just this one or two streets anymore in, right. in Munn Park right and you know talking about downtown growing Lakeland in general I mean the number of construction projects down South Florida. I don't get north much, I'll just admit it. I'm, I, you know, north of, of, of I-4, I think I have to pack a lunch. I have to like <laughs> plan my whole day. 
I've um, got about a four mile radius yeah. as well. <laughs> I think we pretty, all, pretty but I think most people, and that's again a good argument for residential because I really, you know, people are creatures of habit and they like to not go too far away from either their home or work. And for me, I live and work basically within a mile of each other. So I really have a small, you know, a circumference of, of, of space I'm comfortable in. But I do have to go down south. You know, I have orthodontists and things down there for my kids. And there's Make just it sound like so it's Fort Lauderdale. I know. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a hike. Um, but so many new restaurants, really, of all things. There's lots and lots of things being built, and so many are being populated with restaurants. And so everyone loves to eat. I'm thrilled to see all of these restaurants coming. I'm glad to see, you know, as much as I try to say, oh, let's support local, you know, a lot of the chains or the franchises are owned locally. They're still local people. I don't want to... Um, you know, discredit in, in that. Unless traditional. Right, I mean, right. still unique. But we have so many that, you know, Lakeland was a Burger King, McDonald's, Applebee's, Chili's. I mean, everybody's got those. They're great. Met my husband at Chili's. Have fond memories. Worked there for 10 years. But when you start seeing other types of restaurants that have that aren't that haven't been here before i think it kind of signals like hey you know now we're getting some interest from these places that were never interested in us before and and that's probably it and from from my world and in, in the economic development side again w there's tremendous interest in lakeland we're getting calls and we're hearing from places that that might not have looked at lakeland before but we're on the radar for a lot of folks and they're looking for locations. So when we talk about food, we've got a lot mm. of downtown restaurants, we've got a lot of places. But before we started, you and I were talking about, you know, successful businesses and mm -hmm. how they start up. And, and unfortunately there are percentages that are that are not successful. But one thing to look at, you know, we're adding so many people. Lakeland is growing from, from north to south. But if we look at, we just stopped with the joinery and, and some restaurants there we continue to get a number of new restaurants downtown but as you said even going up and down florida avenue and the fuzzy tacos and the mission barbecue and all of these things that pop up do we have enough i mean will we continue to support all these or is it like an absorption rate that you know unfortunately you know one's one's going to miss miss the boat because we can there's only so many of us that are going out to eat every day i know and that's what i worry about and as the downtown person i mean we're we just we, the thing that we've added the most in the last year is restaurants. Um, and we've got, I just announced uh, just recently, I announced another one that was coming, um, Teriyaki Madness. Yay. And they're, they're replacing the Uncle Nick's location in mm -hmm. No Bay. And I have two more that I can't announce, but they're, but they're slated to come as long as everything you know, goes okay. You can't say that for, for sure until they open their doors, but they're, they've signed leases and they're, wow. and they're coming. So I look at the number of restaurants and think, well, you know, that's great because downtown really wants to be a dining destination. I want people to think, let's go downtown, then we'll figure out where we want to eat. Because back in the old days, you had very limited choices. And mm -hmm. if you didn't want to go to Harry's or the Terrace or back in the day, Antiquarian, mm -hmm. um, you were kind of out of luck. That's, I mean, you either went to one of those three places and planned for it, or you didn't think of downtown as a dining destination. And now I think we're to the point where you have so many choices and so many different types of cuisines. You just go park and find walk. a parking place and, right. and walk around <laughs> easily find a parking place, exactly. by the way. So, you know, we've you got all these other restaurants that are all down South Florida and they're, they're hungry, hungry for business, no pun intended. And, 
how, you know, how do we, is there a point of saturation where, again, it's always survival of the fittest in terms of who has the best food, who has the best prices, who has the best customer service. Yes. Um, but it is, there's, there's a lot of competition right now. And, and we, unfortunately, you're going to see some of them fail. They may not be the most recent ones that opened. It may be somebody that's been around a long time and can't, you know, has lost their their market share because mm -hmm. they were comfortable in what they were doing and they they aren't evolving so it'll be interesting to see it'll be sad um obviously we did lose restaurants downtown we lost post 09 we yeah. lost um la Coretta, the mexican restaurant mm -hmm. so it happens and um there's so much demand right now yeah. i mean as, as we as we've talked about office projects and other things we've got so many downtown workers so our lunches and breakfasts are doing fantastic. I think everybody is is pretty full during lunch with a lot of visitors um, as well as employees that are down there looking. You know, again, most nights of the week you can come down and see a lot of foot traffic and a lot of people here, and that's different from several years ago. Mm -hmm. So they're doing really well. And even I think another one, you know, the farmer's market has had such great success and, and really is expanding and draws such a great crowd. But there was a period not long ago where – it was an absolute ghost town on a Sunday. Yes. And you wouldn't yes. consider people being here. And we had brunch at Fresco's a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago. And there's several other venues that are serving and entertaining people. And so now all of a sudden, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, you're seeing a lot of foot traffic. There's a ton. I was, that's an excellent point because I, I was down in my office last Sunday doing work. Woe is me. Oh. I'm so dedicated. Um but I was doing some paperwork because I was obviously a slacker the week before <laughs> and didn't get it all done. But there were so many people down on a Sunday. And I really, only for a split second, thought I really should be open on Sundays. You know, because we're like a little visitor center now in my office down right there next to Explorations 5. And, you know, every day we put our little A-frame out and welcome the public into our office as a visitor center. We have an art, you know, hanging on the walls from the Lakeland Art Guild. And, you know, today I probably had eight or ten people walk in. It was a particularly busy day. Um, but the but Sundays um, seem, you know, like they're just popping down. And, and, and restaurants weren't open back in the day on yep. Sundays. And as you said, it's just – it's with all the brunches and it's um, – I wish the retailers had it in them. I know that seven days a week being open would be really difficult. But – you know, when do people shop? They shop in the evenings and on weekends because that's when they're off of work for the most part, the folks who aren't working shift mm -hmm. work or retailer. So the office workers are off in the evenings and weekends. That's when they're ready to spend their money, and that's when we need to be open. And um, But I think all downtowns struggle with that yeah. evening and weekend hours because they're mostly, you know, owner-occupied, and it's hard to work those hours. So you, you mentioned visitors and, and getting a lot of foot traffic and people coming to see you. So it's mm -hmm. so cool that you've got an office down there now and that you're kind of right in the, the heart of everything. Just because I don't know, I, I've got, I'm off Massachusetts in my office. <laughs> I've got a little window and I can see people. And I, I do see um, people that, are, that don't look like they are our traditional employees downtown and they're looking at sites. They're look, going down Lemon Street and looking at sculptures. You know, from a visitor standpoint, are we getting more interest just in that general tourist and people that are hearing about Lakeland and wanting to come and check out all of the neat things and how cool downtown is or, or wanting to experiment in a restaurant? Definitely. I mean, it, I wouldn't say every single day, but m multiple times a week, people walk in my office. They want a downtown map. They want to know what there are fun things to do. They're on a day trip. 
they're here scoping it out to maybe move because they're gonna they want to retire here I mean just over and over and over again and not everybody's walking in who's doing that yeah. you, you know I'm only getting a very small percentage of the people that are that that are out there doing that exact same thing so I feel really good about um, you know Lakeland's position in terms of people visiting I mean we're not a tourist town mm. we're not I don't know how we would ever become a tourist town but people are here to to they're here in the region doing things and often it's like you know I came my my father moved down here and now we came to visit him and we fell in love with the city we've got and a great word of mouth yeah yeah that's a great way to put it I mean it's we we do have a great and it's just it's more than downtown it's the you know the whole city is beautiful amazing jobs with parks um just and the layout of the city you know the city has done a great job over the 40, 50 years that we've done all the planning. Thank you. Thank you for all your planning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm really excited. I love when people walk in my office because A, it gives me a break from paperwork, but then I get to just, you know, put on my marketing hat and just tell them all the wonderful things about the city and give them information and um, just people, people want to be here. Uh, the weather doesn't hurt, but um, it's a, it's, they love downtown. They love the walkability of it. They love Lake Morton and Lake Mirror. And so, um, yeah, we're getting some folks. Fantastic. Um, so other projects, other things that are coming that are around town, you know, I, I was with a group recently that was very engaged and we were in a long meeting. We were talking about Bonnet Springs. Mm. So it's, it's one that's on the outliers, but yeah. as we talk about stretching downtown east and west, and we, we look as the city, as, as my employer, we look at the focus on the RP Funding Center, the money that we're spending there on reservation, uh, renovations. We look at the interest in indoor soccer and the possibility for outdoor soccer and the Lakeland Magic, you know, all of the athletics that we're doing. What if, you know, that's the, the big what if question. Yeah. We look at... The, uh, the, the CSX rail yard, that property being redeveloped as a park, but then the Florida tile site, the potential for that being redeveloped that again, kind of creates a, a giant downtown boundary that's really everything south of the in-town bypass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, I know Bonnet Springs is probably what, two years off from completion at I think best. 2020 is yeah. what they're talking um, about. And it, and it will be a world-class uh, space. I mean, it'll just be amazing. And I think it will help transform us into maybe more touristy type thing. It's certainly lo uh, local tourists. I mean, people from all exactly. over the region will definitely come and enjoy that. And, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll see more residential on that side. Um, the Florida Tile site, I know that it's, it's talking about mixed use and wanting to have, you know, but they're talking about tall residential there which would be amazing the views of the lakes so many lakes from that that vantage point would be well, so and the amazing. access you know that's one of the rare places that you you're really going to have a pretty good either overpass or direct access to downtown without mm -hmm. having to cross Hardin Boulevard or having to cross some of these other busy roads right it really would lend itself well to residential and foot traffic and then all of a sudden you know we think about adding you know three four five six hundred new residents downtown that again starts to turn the needle towards what we hope would be the retail side 
Yeah, and retail, you know, just to be fair, we're we're net positive on retail downtown. We've seen um, just in the last five years, again, just like restaurants come and go, not everyone's going to be successful. It's just that's the name of the game in terms of the numbers. But we have more re- more retail today than we did when I started with the LDDA back in April of 14. And so we've gained some, we've lost some, gained some, lost some, but we're overall net positive in the number of retail that we have. And retail's hard. It's very hard. I mean, hard. it's hard. It's a different and, world right now. And the kind retail. of yeah, and the kind of retail that downtown typically downtowns in general typically attract is the the independents, the mom and pops, the people that are selling specialty items and you know, not the things that you need in the sense of I gotta go get cat food or I'm out of a gallon of milk or my kid needs socks. Yeah. It's those specialty gifts, it's the unique items, it's you know, it's things that you'd buy for yourself, you know, unique jewelry, handmade things. And you know, that is an experience to buy it. So the good news to, to me is that you don't t- you don't necessarily see a lot of people buying that kind of stuff online because it's, part of it's the experience of buying it that mm-hmm. makes it fun to go shop for those kinds of things. Um, but it, it's also one of those things that when the purse strings get a little tight, it's probably the first to go. It's a luxury, you know, <laughs> a lot of times. But I think that's with this... I think it's safe to say we've seen a, a bit of a cultural shift mm-hmm. in in the, the demographic and the people in Lakeland over the last couple, three years. So that creativity towards the cultural shift, people really identify with Lakeland. They identify with local goods. They're mm-hmm. really getting behind brands and names and entrepreneurs. I was in your hometown, New Orleans, last weekend, <laughs> and I have an older brother that was having a birthday. My wife went um, scouting tag or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a big trip for 24 hours. Um, but she had to go and get a Lakeland, you know, T-shirt oh, yeah, somewhere absolutely. downtown oh, and yeah. to, to go and bring it up. And mm-hmm. so it's things like that that I think the cultural shift of, of people, so many people are really identifying with Lakeland and are just passionate and love it and see the value and the good in the community. Yeah. And so – those types of items and those types of retailers, I think, continue to grow that are that are offering more local product. Yeah, and we have and we have things to do also. I mean, used to be Explorations Five. If you didn't have a kid, there's nothing to do downtown. To do in air quotes, I'm putting. Um, <laughs> but we have the live music venue with Lakeland Live. We've got the Escapology and Escape Room. Um, so we got these dueling escape escape type places, mm-hmm. which are to- totally fun and they're different themes. So you have so many to choose from, and um, you know all the live music that's all in all the restaurants and it's local people. And so there's there's you know I, I want to flick everyone in the head virtually out there virtually. who says that there is nothing to do in Lakeland because you are just not trying. Now it may not be something everything that you like to do, but I would really like when people say that to explain to me what it is that they mean. What, what do they like to do that Lakeland doesn't have? Because we have uh, arts and culture, we have live music, we have theater, we have comedy, we have dancing. I, I just don't know what it is that we don't have that, that says, that, that leads to the we don't have anything to do in Lakeland phrase. I just virtually yeah, flicking you in the head it, if it's, you say It's gotten to be, you know, there was a time where people would say, you just got to look, you just got to look. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you just got to show up now. Right. You just got to be out there and be present. I was, uh, you know, downtown during Christmas, 
and went and saw The Greatest Showman at the Polk Theater. Uh, was duped a little bit. It ended up being a sing-along. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it was not going to be my choice, but my eight-year-old was super thrilled. <laughs> but there's so many things and just yeah. really interesting. You know, music is a good point. And, and I think we see music venues and, and really interesting entertainers popping up in a lot of different locations. Do you think that we there's there's the need or there's support for for more music related venues to you know I, I hear people talking well, about the, the need pro- but here's the problem I don't I don't I, maybe it's I don't a desire know. rather than a need I, I think I think it's it's one of those things and I'll use this as, as, an, as an example people would, we would ask people 10 years ago and I don't ask anymore but we would ask people 10 years ago what what's missing downtown what do you think we need and we got this list and we got some of those stores and they closed because <laughs> nobody went there. Because what you think what you think is cool, what you think the city needs, isn't necessarily what the masses, including you sometimes, are willing to put your money towards. And even and I'll just bring up bike share, perfect example. Everyone thought that was a really cool idea and we worked hard to get it and we got sponsors and we didn't ask the city to to, to mm-hmm. contribute to that in terms of the general fund. And we had 1,200 users sign up, and we have 100,000 people in our city. And of those 1,200 that signed up, maybe a fraction of those ever used the system. So guess what? We don't have bike share anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so guess what? It that's was what a super cool idea. It was very trendy. That, it was very popular. Right. It was very forward thinking. Right. Um, but our users. Right. So when you talk about more music venues, I say, we do we truly have the density of the popula- of population to support even more venues when the genre of music that's playing at any given time isn't necessarily attractive or in- an interesting genre for a large group of people mm-hmm. so that's that's my question is always back do we have the density for that and a lot of times the answer is no and so that's why i think the successful music venues are the lakeland lives so you look at Winter Haven, and they have the Dairy Down, and you know that's a music. It's got a cool history too. Yes. In addition to being, a, but that music venues require you know acoustics and sometimes equipment and lighting and all that. They're they're not inexpensive things to have. No. And then are you are you open eight to five, churning money? No. Yeah. Yeah, so it becomes ex- expensive. So. We've got the frescoes that have live music. We've got Patio 850 that has live music. You know, we've got Federal Bar that have, we got Mason's Live that has live music. We have all these places. And I think Lakeland uh, Lakeland Now lists where mm-hmm. all the music is any given week. Yes. So you have tons of choices. Do, do we need a concert at the RP Funding Center in the, every single week? No. I mean... You know, the days of Britney Spears packing out a concert hall is, is kind of over. Uh, yeah, most people I, want more intimate music experiences, and that's what we have is the cool, cool music, uh, intimate music experiences. Now, are they names that you're going to buy big ticket items and go see? Then we'll put them in the Polk Theater. Yeah, sometimes. Or in Yuki Theater, right. Um, but, yeah, but it's interesting to see, and it, it's neat that Lakeland Now and others were publicizing that and we're seeing – Again, we look back in time and we can look back even just a couple, five years ago into not having as much, but now you can go out on a Friday or Saturday and you've got four or five or six different choices as to somewhere that is playing music or doing some type of live entertainment that you could go and visit. 
Right. And so, again, lots of things to do, never a dull moment, um, whether it's a, a, somebody playing at a restaurant or an actual music uh, act happening at Lakeland Live or some other venue. We have lots of choices. So I, I think if we – the days of big concerts, um, I mean, look at Skippers in Tampa. I mean, yeah. they, they're not a very big venue, but they have obviously lots of live music. So – I think that's where people want to do. You want to be close to the to the artist and yes. you know and interact and have that sort of feel and so we have lots of places like that. Swan Brewing has live music uh, practically every day. Yeah. And so and I'm sure the joinery will have live music mm -hmm. at some point yes. and then you've got another venue opening up with the food truck hall coming or the um, the yard is, as it's, as it's called. It's going to be opening up in Midtown. I'm sure they will have live music. So it'll continue to grow, but it'll grow not in and of itself as a, this is a music venue only. It, there's always got to be food and beverage. Yeah, there's a resource there that's first, and <laughs> right. then it's like, wow, this really works. Let's see how we can keep people here a little bit longer and, and give them a different draw. Yeah, because, you know, people are not, they're not spending a lot of money on on local musicians in terms of, ticket price at the door we're no. not spending 20 bucks to go see our local guitar player you know no. you got to feed me you got to beverage me <laughs> you got to make me happy <laughs> provide some ambiance <laughs> so julie we talked a lot about construction and some other projects we talked about this parking garage mm -hmm. that's gonna be a heritage so i think the the synopsis of all of these activities and construction activities that we're talking about is we are going through some pretty serious growing pains and, and that's going to be a challenge for a lot of our existing businesses, both offices and people that, that they expect to see customers and, and want to come there as much as it is for our retailers and our restaurants. So the parking garage on the Heritage site is going to be under construction, hopefully come March and April, you mm -hmm. know, not too long. We're going to start with some utility work out there on that site. So that's going to close some roads. It's going to eliminate some parking in that space. We're having to find some fill up some some spillover parking for the existing users that'll be displaced but then what happens when we have to close a road for a little while to put a crane on the road or to do some utility work we lose some on-site on street parking mm -hmm. we lose other parking tell us a little bit about the downtown ballet and how is that working and, and how might that impact some of the chaos well, so, you know, we started Valet over a year ago just in the evenings, and it kind of was on again, off again, because we, we were trying to sort of figure out how we were going to make it work because we wanted the businesses to participate, um, not only in offering that to their customers, but also, you know, financially supporting the cost of that system. So on again, off again, and, and, and now we just recently in November sort of, did a reboot on the whole system and we actually offer valet during the day now in addition to the friday and saturday nights because uh not only did we know that the heritage plaza construction project was coming and that that was going to be a disruptor in the short term for a very good end but certainly a disruptor yes. in terms of parking during the day for customers and then displacing those office workers um, but just in general, the, as I said, the number of restaurants that we've added to downtown, uh, we've had seven added in the last 18 wow. months, and we're looking at three more. And if you want people to drive into downtown, because there's only so many 
you know, people in downtown to eat lunch that work here by foot. <laughs> we want we we want the foot people. We want yep. those foot traffic people to, to walk out of their offices and eat. But we also want people from South Florida and Bartow Road and Absolutely. North Lakeland and the hospital. We want them to drive downtown for lunch. What's the biggest challenge going anywhere for lunch? How long does it take you to get your foot in the door or yes. your hiney in the seat? You know, and then because you usually yeah, I don't have an spend hour. Thirty minutes parking my car. Exactly. So we decided let's give the customer what we didn't give them before, which is consistency, uh, certainty, and complementary. The big wow. three C's. Three C's. So uh, it's it's consistent in that it's always Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because those are the peak days of lunch downtown. Of course, Saturday is a big day too, but there's no office workers to compete with parking, so mm -hmm. we don't have that problem on Saturdays. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, eleven to three, we are utilizing the Mun Park parking lot because um, those spaces are just easier to navigate than trying to cone off spaces on the street and keep them coned all day until the valet star service begins. So the in, in the Mun Park parking lot, you just pull in. And what's cool about it, if you ever valet anywhere else, you probably get a ticket, right? They mm -hmm. hand you a little piece of paper. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Tell mm -hmm. me about it. So if I normally valet, I go to a restaurant or a facility and I park and get out. I hand my keys. They give me a ticket. And then when I come out, they're waiting there for me or going to deliver a car ride back to me. Right. So usually the, the if you go to a restaurant, your car is probably 30 seconds away mm -hmm. and the valet can go run and get it and bring it back to you. Well, no, not in downtown. It's four blocks away. Yeah. So you walking back and handing a ticket, you could be waiting there for 10 minutes for your car. They got to go run and get it. So tickets don't work because okay. I need to know you want your car before you're standing in front of me. So we have a ticketless service. It's actually a text message service. Okay. And so when you deliver your, when you drop off your car, they ask for your cell number. If you don't have a cell phone, you can get a ticket. You can still go the same old route of, you know, the old school. You're gonna wait that extra. You're gonna 10 wait minutes. that ten minutes. But otherwise, they text you. Basically, your your valet ticket becomes a text message. And what's really cool about it is two things. One, you can call for your car um, while you're paying your bill. So I'm at Fresco's. Yeah, and, say, listen, and I've I'm, got a five-minute walk. I'm paying right. my bill. I'm going to be there. Right. But here's the cool thing, and this is what people haven't been really recognizing about the program, and we have to do better education about it, or maybe it's just because the weather is beautiful and people don't mind walking. Love when people walk. Don't get me wrong. But we will actually pick you up. So you drop off your car at Mun Park, but if you're at Fresco's or you're at Purple Onion or you're at Mojo's, you just reply to that text with your location and click the link to retrieve your car, and they'll just come pick you wow. up. They'll just deliver the car to you where you are. You don't have to drive the valet back to the stand or anything. You're not responsible for that guy. He's going to make it back. You just get in your car and go. So you don't have to walk back to Mun Park. So, yeah, you, you know, it's a centrally located drop-off. It's not right in front of the business necessarily that you want to go to, but it's centrally located. And then we'll pick you up wherever you are. Scout and tag your shopping. We'll pick you up. So that's really convenient. What about... Uh is this a fee-based service? Is this tips? Is this, how does this it's work? It's tips, but if you know if you're in the Mun parking lot, you're paying a dollar an hour anyway. Mm -hmm. So you might as well let the valet take it, yeah. and then you can just Give tip them, tip them you know, whatever you want to tip them. But yeah, it's we the DDA and the CRA partnered to pay for the service for the first year to pilot this because part of the problem with the previous implementation was we were trying to 
not absorb all the costs and see if we could get the restaurants to help us pay for it. And then if the rest, if you didn't go to a restaurant that was participating, then we would pass that cost on to the customer. And it just was too confusing. Mm -hmm. Who gets, you know, do I pay today or do I not pay today? If I go to Harry's, I pay, I don't pay, but if I go to Fresco's, then I do pay. So it was too confusing for the customer and we decided complimentary. So consistent, so, complimentary. There's one of our C's. Yes, yes. So for the folks that are listening, yeah. Um, you know, when I come downtown, if, if my wife and I come out to dinner or something, I naturally am going to probably cheat and, and park <laughs> at the Heritage lot because I won't get caught there at nighttime. Right. Um, but from this standpoint with valet, and we obviously want that to be successful, and, and I think it's a great opportunity, Do you? is it better for the core downtown parkers, the people like me that are going to cheat and go and park at Heritage, you say, folks, come here and do valet. This is a, a simpler process. It's an easier process. It's cost effective. And it's probably better for some of our visitors that aren't as well versed in Lakeland. You know, if, right. I'm, if I'm coming over from Tampa and I'm coming to dinner because I've never been here and I want to come to Fresco's and listen to music, I might not know about this. And so for our local folks, at least, mm -hmm. hopefully using this service, we're leaving open some other parking opportunities for visitors that aren't as familiar with with the downtown right and that's uh, and that's where some of the certainty come in one of those other c's is that if especially at lunch if you are coming and you think oh i don't want to spend 10 minutes trying to find a parking space you have a guaranteed space in the mun park parking lot i don't care where you're going you can be going to your orthodontist if there is one you can be going to your financial advisor it doesn't matter you don't even have to be going to lunch just you have a certain you have certainty in your parking and as you said, when you have a number of people that are using that, then they're then they're not taking up the spaces on the street. So it, it creates a larger inventory for for those other folks. And um, and some people, you know, think that parking is confusing downtown. I'd be happy to yeah, explain let somebody it. else handle it. Then. Uh, yeah. So so instead, and a lot of people don't like to parallel park. Apparently, we don't teach that very well anymore. Maybe they I don't have know what it is. They cameras and, know, and some cars do understand. it themselves. It's a very, I mean, I was freaked out the first few times I did it, but it's really easy. So, you know, just call me. I'll teach you. It's rarely bump into anybody. Yes, rarely, really. But with majority of the parking spaces being parallel spaces, people, there's some people that are like, if I can't find a spot in Mun Park or in the garage. Yeah. And well, you know, your people are watching when you're doing it. And if you're doing it badly, they're really watching. <laughs> watching <laughs> so, and pointing. Yes. And laughing. And so it's terrible. It's terrible. No, no, no. We don't do that to each other. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it creates a whole nother virtual parking lot is like, is how we like to talk about it mm -hmm. because it's, it's turning those five, six, seven spaces that we've reserved for the queuing of the valet into long-term storage because they're mo being moved further outside of, of the, the most coveted parking spaces in, in downtown. So we're hoping that uh, it'll continue to increase. We're, we're parking, you know, 20, 25 cars uh, per session, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday during the day, and then we have Friday and Saturday nights. And, um, you know, it'll just, I think with the disruption of all the construction and people um, finding that their favorite place to park is now blocked off because there's a crane in the road, they'll start turning to valet as an as an option and and really it's not it's not a you know a hoity-toity thing like it mm -hmm. used to be i mean only fancy people valeted back in the day but i mean you valet at the hospital for goodness sake now and i mean even publics dabbled in valet parking yes. so <laughs> yeah so as you know as you said as downtown changes and and 
this parking garage is under construction and we have challenges finding more spaces, is, is this sustainable to a way that it can continue to grow? Do we have spaces in this Munn Park lot? Do we have, suppose we quadruple our, our demand? You know, do we, do we have places where we can keep that growing if it really catches and people say, wow, this is just a great opportunity that's quick and easy? Well, we hope so. And that's, you know, I work with parking services and we sort of monitor it every day. And of course, Lakeland Valet is the provider. So we've got sort of all three of us get together every couple of weeks and just kind of talk about the challenges because we don't want to move the car five, five, five feet down the road and say, well, you know, that's somebody would have parked there on their own. Why did you valet me right there? Yes. Um, so we want to move the valeted cars out of the footprint. Out of, of that core. Yeah, out of the core. And so the it's it's a challenge because they're running, you know, and that's why the ticketless system is so important and people for t- definitely letting the valet know five, ten minutes before you really need your car, that you want your car, then they can, then they have that time to get it to you wherever you are in downtown and that's what that's what we're trying to get people to to understand and um you know even storage though is is where do we put them we keep pushing it further and further out and you know maybe we end up with some scooters that the valet guys use maybe there's a golf (laughs) cart i don't know but we want to it's a good problem to have i want to have that problem Mm -hmm. people using it so much that we have to solve that problem absolutely um but right now we're just at the tipping point so julie thank you this has been a lot of fun I, i always enjoy getting to catch up with you and talk all good things downtown uh but i think you know as we talked about there's so much interest. There's so much activity. You know, we would say visitors and, and employees and, and citizens, be patient. There right. will be a lot of construction. There's a lot of things going on. We're moving utilities. We're closing parking. We're adding new things. Uh, but it's all with uh, great things to come and, and a lot of wonderful activity. Yeah, and all the things that people say that they want. You know, if we're going to give you what you want, you got to let us build it. And the building can't be done overnight, so there's going to be some, some growing pains there. But, um, you know, let's all just hold hands and smile and, and get through it and use the valet and come see all the great music and park in the shiny new garage when it gets built and all those things. So There you go. Julie, but thank yeah, you. Thanks, Jason. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we hope that you enjoyed our conversation as well. We just kind of went off and talked about whatever, which was kind of the point. So uh, thanks for listening, and um, check, out, check out the next one. Absolutely. Thank All you. Right, thanks.